if we will have time to go into Surah Ra'ad or Ibrahim, unfortunately. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by saying, Alif Lam Ra Tilka Ayatul Kitab Il Mubin. These are the ayat of the clear book, Surah Yusuf, beginning. Inna anzalna Qur'anan Arabiyan, la'allakum ta'qilun. Verily, we have revealed this book in the Qur'an, in the Arabic language, so that you may understand. This is referring to the initial recipients. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this the official language of Islam. Just like over here we have, um, you know, land of immigrants, but this is a melting pot in America, so everyone mostly forgets their language and adopts English. But if you look at the U.S. history, there were waves of immigrants that came from different countries which had their own languages. So there was an influx of Italians in the early 1900s who spoke um, their Italian language. Of course, then the Germans spoke German, French came in less numbers. Then there's Irish, but the Irish had their English. Uh, so Dutch came. Different uh, waves of immigrants came and then some of them maintained their language, mostly they lost it. But we have, of course, uh, Mexicans who speak Spanish. And Spanish is a very um, dominant language now, uh, right after English in America. Press one for English, press two. All right, for Spanish, right. So the thing is, there is an, but so we, the example may not really fit here, but for example, when we were in South Africa, the example fit even better, where there were so many different tribal languages. Uh, or, for example, in you know, Pakistan, there's so many different languages, different dialects, there's Punjabi, Saraiki, Hinko, Bashto, Baloch language, Sindhi language. In, 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 in India, there's so many languages. So, yeah, in Tamil Nadu, they speak Tamil, in Telangana, they have Telugu, in Kerala, they speak Malayalam, and all of these different languages. But then there is one official language of the country. So in America, of course, the official language is, is in the United States of America, it's English. And, and when we were in South Africa, all the different tribes had their different languages, Zulu and Fula and, and Koso and all of that, and Afrikaans, but it was English. Right? So likewise, over in, in Islam, the official language of Islam is Arabic. So that's why our Salat is in Arabic, our Adhan is in Arabic, the Quran is in Arabic, the Khutbah is in Arabic, in Jumu'ah. That is the official language. So we have to learn, you know, you can maintain your local dialect, your local language. Uh, of your of your tribe, uh, but we need to work hard on learning the the official language of Islam, and we kind of touched on this topic in the Jumma Khutbah today. After that, Allah Taala says, "Nahnu ahsan al qasas." We are now revealing unto you, O Nabi Sallallahu the best of all stories. So this is how Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala starts the chapter, starts the surah by telling us, "Good, it's the best of all stories." Quran that we have revealed to you in this Quran. So Ahsan is a, is, some tawdil, is a superlative degree. It is the best story of all time. Everyone likes a rags to riches story where the underdog, we don't say underdog, underhand, the one who is, na'udhu billah min dhalik, but the one who is lowly, he ends up becoming at a high level. Everyone likes that because we, can, we feel that, oh, you know, I'm going through a tough time too. Maybe I will make it in life. Um, and then there's, there, are, you know, there are dreams in here. There's a, a child who's lost and he misses, he's away from his father and then he comes up and then they meet again and there's jealousy, there's seduction that takes place and there's um, interpretation of dreams, uh, intrigue in the palace, in the jail and all these different types of scenes in this story which is a phenomenal best story of all time as Allah Himself says. Then Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِن كُنْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ غَافِلِينَ And prior to the revelation of this, you did not know. 
I touched on this before in different venues, but maybe not in this over here, is that, you know, we are in education as well. That's what we do as a teacher. When the student comes to learn by the teacher, the teacher is supposed to explain to the student. And he's not supposed to keep on telling the student, guess what? You didn't know this. And you didn't know that. And today, like for example, he's teaching math. He'll say, okay, you guys don't know what fractions are. You don't know it. Okay, I'm going to teach you. Then he'll say, oh, you don't know what ratio is. You don't know geometry. You don't know algebra 1. You don't know algebra 2. You don't know trigonometry. You don't know calculus. You don't know differential equations. He keeps on saying, you don't know, you don't know. What's the point of saying that? I, I know I don't know. That's why I'm here to learn. So you would not tell a student, you don't know. Rather, what do we do? We say that, mashallah, you learn. Great. You look how far you've come. You've progressed. You're learning. You're doing a good job. That's what we tell the student. We don't say you don't know. So why is Allah Ta'ala saying here, You never knew this story. You had no idea about this, what I'm going to tell you. What's the point of Allah saying that? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing the, the most important point. And that is that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is able to narrate the story because he was receiving the divine revelation. When the Yehud asked him that, tell us a story of how... Uh, is, uh, Ibrahim al-Islam settled in Kanaan, which is in Palestine. Uh, Al-Khalil bears his name till today in the occupied, may Allah ta'ala free it, the land of Palestine. Allah has put barakah in that place. Ibrahim al-Islam's qabr, qabr is there, his grave is there. And uh, Ishaq al-Islam was there. And his son Yaqub was there. Then how did they end up in Egypt in the time of Musa al-Islam? So how did the Banu Israel end up in Egypt? They asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How was he supposed to know? Uh, he was able to give the entire res- uh, story was a response to that question. Because at the end of the story, وَأَتُونِي بِأَهْلِكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Bring your whole family to me. Yusuf alayhi tells the brothers and uh, Yaqub alayhi and his wife and all the whole tribe comes to Egypt. So that's how they ended up in, in Egypt. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding Rasulullah sallallahu and reminding all of us that look, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if he's able to give this detailed story, it is not based on his own archaeological research or forensic study or going and checking out, you know, um, the uh, sites and coming up with the information, piecing it together, what happened. But rather he's receiving the revelation. And um, there are so many different scenes from the beginning till the end. In which scene was Rasulullah physically present there? None of them. Um, but uh, right at the end of the story, after the whole story is finished, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذَا جَمَعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَمْكُرُونَ Allah ta'ala says in ayah 102, ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُوحِهِ لَيْكَ This is the, sto- uh, the detailed, correct, accurate story of the past, of the unseen that we are revealing unto you. So we have to believe in Risala, that he was the Prophet of Allah, he, re- he received revelation. You were not physically present with them. When the brothers, they gather together and they were plotting. So why is this scene specifically mentioned? It's because when the brothers were sitting together, I'm, I'm assuming that we are aware of the story as a, a baseline. So at one, one point of the story in the beginning, the brothers are plotting. Allah Ta'ala talks about that. Because they're jealous of their brother. Why the father loves you so much? Why so handsome? One of them said, Let's kill him. Other one said, Throw him away in a far off land. 
then your father will devote all his love to you. That plan failed miserably. That never happened. And then, oh yeah, subhanallah, they say, min After you do it, then you can make tawbah and you'll become righteous afterwards. That was part of the plan. Let's go ahead, commit the sin. We ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us later. Another one said, no, 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 don't kill him. Throw him in a well. A deserted well. Someone some uh, caravan going through there will carry him, pick him up and take him away. So, now this whole meeting that took place, uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was not there, obviously, and Allah Ta'ala is going out of his way to remind him that, because what happened in that meeting is, the minutes of that meeting are recorded in Surah Yusuf, who said what? And whoever were the participants in that meeting, as the Quran itself testifies, uh, they had a lot of regret and remorse. They were so embarrassed about their sin and they felt so sad about it and they felt, uh, they sought forgiveness and they said, and they keep on saying, uh, oh, please forgive us, forgive us. They're asking Yusuf Islam to forgive, they're asking their father to forgive. So, are they going to expose themselves and say, this is what we planned and plotted? No, they're not going to talk about it. They're going to keep it hidden, under wraps. So then how do you, thousands of years later, thousands of years later, between Yusuf and Rasulullah sitting in Makkah al-Mukarramah, know exactly what happened in the meeting. The only way is because there is someone in the meeting, there is some being in the meeting, whether you take the quorum who's present, whether you put him on the paper or not, he's always present. Whenever three people are having a private meeting, the fourth one is Allah. Whenever five people are having a private meeting, the sixth one is Allah. Either less or more. Whenever there's any meeting, He is with you, wherever you may be. Not only is he present, he's recording it. Not only is he recording it, he will replay it. Then he will replay it on the Day of Judgment. This is what you said, this is what you said. So Allah Ta'ala was there in the meeting. He recorded who said what. And he revealed that to Rasulullah This is the most important thing, wahi. It's very important. That's why we covered it in the Monday night Bukhari class. Sahih al-Bukhari starts with Kitab al-Iman. And Kitab al-Iman starts with Babul Wahi. Badul Wahi. Revelation. Because that's the crux of the matter. If we believe in revelation, then we believe that there is one who is sending the revelation, Allah, the Muhi. There's a Muha ilayhi, the one upon whom the revelation is being sent, Rasulullah And we believe in the revelation itself, the Quran. And who is bringing it? The angel. So there's the Amantu Billahi is there, and Malaikati is there, or Kutubi is there, Rasuli is there. All of it is included in Wahi, in revelation. So that is the most important thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us. Because there's so many aspects of the story we can get lost. We, can, we cannot forget this important thing. That this whole story was revealed to Rasulullah Wasallam, and, uh, and if we believe that he was a recipient of revelation, then every else, everything else he conveyed to us, all the other messages he conveys to us, they are also all, he's speaking on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, now, if there is one scene that I could um, uh, um, focus on for tonight, it is at the end. Because scholars of tafsir say that every single, like act one, scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, it keeps on going. So much, uh, I mean, amazing. This is like the, uh, 
So many lessons on each ayah of this surah, literally. Um, now, if somebody puts a, a big challenge, like says, okay, what is the one ayah, if you have to uh, whittle it down to, that has like the ultimate biggest, le greatest lesson of this surah. Each lesson is great, but the greatest lesson. It is one ayah 90 in Surah Yusuf. This is what the scholars of Tafsir have narrowed it down to. Ayah number 90. So if you have limited time, let's do it in Surah 90 and call it a 90, inshaAllah. So what happens, now setting the scene for this particular last juncture is what happens is when Binyamin alayhi salam is also now imprisoned because of the allegation of stealing. And that whole scene played out. Now uh, the, the brothers, they come back to Yaqub alayhi salam. They come back to Yaqub alayhi salam and they say, Yusuf alayhi salam is gone for years. Now he, he had some comfort with Binyamin alayhi salam. And now Binyamin alayhi salam is also gone. Yusuf alayhi salam made the plot to catch him. In case somebody is wondering why didn't he expose himself, it's because he was prohibited. Allah had put a restriction on him. You cannot, you cannot reveal your identity. Of course he would love to tell his brothers who he is. But he did not have permission to say that. Until the, the time of the test of Yaqub alayhi salam, that he was crying for missing his son. So over here, when they come back and they tell their father, and um, they said, Inna banaka sarak, your son, he's, he was a thief, and he was caught up, and they imprisoned him. Sorry, we can't bring him back. So Yaqub alayhi salam was naturally very, very heartbroken. Heartbroken father is now even compounded now his, his grief. He said, I will just make sabr at this point. Perhaps Allah will bring them all back to me one day. He is the one who has complete knowledge and he is wise. He knows what he's doing, why he's making this long time, long, long, uh, this long test for me. And then he turned away from them, عنهم, and he said, Ya Safa'ala Yusuf, oh my grief, my longing for my son Yusuf. And he cried and he cried so much until his eyes, uh, he continued crying so excessively until he became blind. So then the sons, they, they said to him, You're going to continue to remember Yusuf until you uh, are going to destroy yourself. He said, okay, I'm not complaining to you. I complain only to Allah of my grief. So, he said, When I know from Allah that which you do not know. He asked them one last time, Ya Bani, O oh my son, idhabu, go. The first son Yusuf was lost decades ago, and Binyamin, go and try to retrieve them, find them. Do never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Only people who can lose hope in the mercy of Allah are the kafirun. So, we should never, so this is a reminder for us. Right, that no matter how great the trials may be in our lives, we should never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Now they came to Yusuf salam, who's the wazir, right, the minister of Egypt, sitting on his throne. They said, Ya Yuhala Aziz, Masana wa Nadur. Oh, Aziz and Mr. Our family has been afflicted by a lot of calamities, tragedies. Financially, we are destitute and poor as well. We do not have the actual subsidized uh, you know, grain was being distributed at very minimal cost. Even that we are not able to provide. We don't have enough money. Please be charitable to us and fill our bags with the grain. Allah will reward those who give sadaqah. This is what they said. And they brought a letter. The letter was from Yaqub He said, I am Yaqub, Nabi of Allah. 
And I and I am the son of Ishaq, Nabi of Allah, who is the son of Ibrahim, Khalilullah. My grandfather Ibrahim السلام, was tested by thrown into the fire. My fa- grandfather, my father Ishaq السلام, was tested. I have been tested. I had a son. His name was Yusuf. He was taken away from me. And I had another son. And I've been crying, missing him. And now Binyamin. He is not a thief. Nor am I a thief. Nor is anyone in my family a thief. And you have imprisoned him. Please have mercy on me and my family. So this was a letter from Yaqub a.s. So Yusuf a.s. saw that. In which he's crying. He's saying that one of the facts he's crying about is my son Yusuf. And who's reading it? Yusuf a.s. So finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that moment removed the restriction upon him because the period of the time of the test for Yaqub had come to an end. So now now he had the time to reveal it. Now how is he going to reveal it? The grand reveal of who he is. What happened is when they were throwing him in the well when he was crying and he was lonely Jibreel came to him way in the beginning of the story and he said to Yusuf he said, don't, you're afraid, you're frightened, you're alone, you may die here, you're, you don't know what's going to happen. But guess what? Uh, Jibreel came to the young boy in the abandoned well and he said to him, When they threw him in the well, this ayah 15, O Yusuf, we are prophesizing there will be a time when you will be informing your brothers of what had happened and they will not even recognize who you are. So this was a consolation. How in the world is he going to be informing his brothers of what happened? That means he's going to make it through the night. He's going to be alive and he's going to end up seeing them again and he's going to have the pleasure of informing them, you know, this is what you guys did to me. But what did he say? So he said, he started off by saying, Do you remember what you did to Yusuf and his brother and how you mistreated both of them back when you were jahil. So you already gave the excuse in the question. Not that you would do something like that now. Back when you had jahala, obviously you're much better people at this point. But so in the question, he's, he, he's already giving the excuse. Do you remember what you did? So they started thinking. Again, who was present when this meeting happened? No one besides Allah. And who was present when they threw him in the well? No one besides Allah and the victim. So the only one who knows what happened was Yusuf Then they remembered what was the cause of the whole thing? It's the dream. Remember the dream? قَالَ يُوسُفُ يَا أَبَتِي O my dear father إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشُرَ كُوكَبًا I saw eleven stars وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ and the sun and the moon رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِسَاجِدِينَ prostrating to me and they were so angry when they heard that the father told them لَا تَخْصُصُ رُؤْيَاكَ عَلَىٰ إِخْوَتِكَ don't tell your brothers but he ended up telling the brother so they remembered that story that there may be a scene where we are going to have to show respect the sajda of respect which is permissible in the previous sharia to our brother and then they, they thought about that and they said and how many years you know sometimes they, may Allah protect all children but if their child is kidnapped they'll say this was you know the image and now it's 10 years he's missing so they'll say that, you know, the forensic um, detective, uh, uh, artist, he'll say that they will do analysis on the face and say, projection-wise, this is how he may look at this point. Or a criminal also, how he may look after so many years. So they started doing that projection in their brain. Look at that boy, and then look at... Then they had so much awe of the wazir as well, they weren't looking at him eye to eye. 
because they're begging as it is right now. So then they started looking more closely at him, and you can see the language that they were kind of doubting. They said, Wait a second, are you yourself the real, actual, same, original Yusuf? Is it true? Can you be that one? So he said, Qala ana Yusuf wa hadha He said, Yes, I am Yusuf and this is my brother. Because the father has said, Go find Yusuf and Ibn Yamin. So he, he said, You know, you have fulfilled your objective of your trip. I am Yusuf and this is my brother, Ibn Yamin. And then instead of saying, you know, we have been tested so much, he started off by saying, Qad alina. Allah has done a great favor upon us. Uh, and as I said, what's the khulasa of the whole surah? Innahu man yattaqi wa yasbir. Whoever has taqwa and sabr. Taqwa and sabr. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah will never allow the reward of those who do good to go waste. وَإِن تَتَّقُوا وَتَصْبِرُوا Allah Ta'ala says in different ayats as well. If you have taqwa, fear Allah, Whatever the calamity may be, whatever the difficulties in your life may be, have taqwa and have sabr, and Allah will bring you victory. Sometimes sooner, sometimes later, but it will definitely come. So they said, Allah has indeed given you great favor upon us. We are the sinners. He said, La He did not only forgive them, he said, I don't even blame you. These words were so powerful that when Rasulullah was entering Makkah al-Makarama as a conqueror in the eighth year of Hijrah to those who had expelled him, those who had boycotted him for three years, those that led to the death of his wife Khadija and his, and his father and uncle Abu Talib and so many times uh, they were tortured, they were killed, they were expelled from their town, their beloved hometown. When he came back, they said, what are you going to do to us? Are you going to kill all of us? So he said, لا أقول لكم إلا كما قال يوسف بن يعقوب لإخوته I will not say to you anything more than what Yusuf bin Yaqub said to his brothers. He quoted this ayah. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "La I don't even blame you. Yaghfirullah lakum. May Allah forgive you. Then he said, "Idhabu bi hada." So the qamis is a recurring theme here, because the qamis they took out ala They took out his shirt intact without tearing it, and brought it to the father with the blood. Father saw the qamis and said, "Hey, this is not a, how a wolf is. So much adab and respect, fulfilling the etiquettes." He took out the shirt and then he attacked the baby. Right. Why is it not torn up? Then the qamis played a role when Zulekha was tearing the qamis and the baby from the cradle said, In kana qamisu in If the shirt is torn from the front, Yusuf al-Islam is at fault. If the shirt is torn from the back, then the shirt comes back here. Take this shirt. Now there are different stories of where the shirt came from. It was the shirt that came from Jannah that was given to Ibrahim alayhi when he was in the fire. Then it was given to Ishaq and Yaqub and Yaqub al-Islam had wrapped it up and put it in a... In a small container, and had tied it in his in his neck of Yusuf al-Islam, and he had it with him. And when they took out his shirt, then he had that shirt of Ibrahim al-Islam, etc. So that original shirt, take it, put it on the face of my father; he will regain his vision. So now that same father who couldn't find, uh, couldn't determine that his son was in the well. 40 years ago, now he says, Oh, inni la Yusuf. I smell the fragrance of Yusuf. When the caravan is leaving Egypt, the, his son said, Inna You are in your old, lost ideas. It's never going to happen. Bashir, the, the bringer of the glad tidings came and he put the shirt on his face and he regained his vision. Subhanallah. So he was so happy with the good news. He said, I don't have any gift to give you. Because it's sunnah. When somebody brings a good news, like Kaab bin Malik, he was boycotted for? Three days. Uh, for, for the th- he was among the three who were boycotted for 40 days for not p- participating in the battle of Tabuk. 
And when uh, the person brought the good news that your tawbah has been done, Allah has forgiven you, he took off his shirt and gave it to him as a, as a token, as a gift. He said, I don't have anything to give you, but I will make dua that Allah grants you khatama and iman. So he said, how is my son? He asked his older son, Yehuda, how is Yusuf? So he said, Yusuf is actually the king of Egypt and he has a palace and this and that. He said, I'm not concerned about that. Why are you telling me that? I'm asking you, how is his deen? How is his akhlaq? He's been away for so many decades. Did he turn out to be a good boy or is he become a bad person? Who, where was his tarbiyah done? This is what he was concerned about. And then subhanAllah, they finally come. When he says, yeah, they say, Ya abana staffir lana dhunubana. Oh Allah, uh, oh our father, ask Allah to forgive us. He gave an interesting reply. He said, so lakum. I will in the near future. Why he said this? It's a very mystery. Different answers. One is that, subhanAllah, he knew that they had wronged Yusuf alayhi salam. And if you wrong somebody, you do zulm on somebody, then the person who you wronged has to forgive you. Then you can ask Allah for umbrella coverage, other forgiveness. But if the person you wronged didn't forgive you, you ask Allah for forgiveness. Not, you know, if you stole someone's money, you lied, you backbite, you hit someone, kill someone, na'udhu billah. You hurt someone in any way and you ask Allah for forgiveness, it doesn't work that way. You have to ask forgiveness from the one you wronged. So he said, I will ask Allah to forgive you after I confirm with Yusuf Islam, has he forgiven you first? This one beautiful tafsir. Another beautiful tafsir is that he said, I will wait till the last third of the night. And the time of tahajjud, I will make istighfar for you. And when they came, he brought his parents onto the throne and they all went into sajda. Subhanallah. Now, Allah, Yusuf Islam, when he concludes, he says, look, he had, a, he had three major tests. One was his brother's plot against him. Second was the separation from his parents, his father. And the third test was what? That he, through the uh, seduction and the plan and the plotting of Zulaikha, he was put in the jail. These were three major trials. But look at her words, how he turns the three around and makes them all positive. He doesn't talk about any bad thing that happened to him ever. And he goes reverse. This is, his, this is the words. He says, Subhanallah. He says, Oh my dear father, Look, the interpretation of my dream is finally coming true. Allah made it true. Number one, Allah did great ihsan favor upon me when he took me out of the jail. He doesn't mention how he got into the jail. He said, Allah did ihsan upon me when he took me out of the jail. That's number three. Number two, Allah brought you from the from Kanaan, from the from the desert to the city of Egypt. So the separation of the father. He doesn't talk about Allah separated me. He says, Allah united us. And number three, he says, after the discord that shaitan put between me and my brothers. In that case, between the brothers and him, he's also blaming who? Shaitan. So he mentions the three stages in a positive light. He said, Allah has done a favor upon me. He took me out of the jail. Allowed you to reunite with me here. And, and after shaitan had caused a dispute and uh, difference of opinion, and bad relationship between me and my brothers. Inna Rabbi Latifa Lima Hakim. And he makes a dua and he concludes the story. Rabbi min al-mulk. Oh Allah, you granted me a kingdom. min al-ahadith. You granted me the knowledge of interpretation of dreams. You are the originator of the heavens and the earth. dunya You are the one who takes care of my affairs in this dunya and the akhirah. Tawafani Musliman. Allow me to die as a true Muslim. And al-haqni bi-salihin. Allow me to be joined with the righteous ones. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to understand the story, uh, learn it in detail, implement the beautiful lessons here. 
Understand that this is a revelation of Allah upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the entire Quran is a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, whatever tests come in our lives, again, going back to the actual ayah, إِنَّوْ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَسْبِرُ If you have taqwa and sabr, we can get through all the tests and trials of this life. وَآخُرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدِ اللَّهِ